greed usually happens when the market is on its way up because then people see, oh, look, the market's doing great. Now I'm going to get back in because I can earn X, Y, Z. <laughs> so you're violating the cardinal rule of investing, which is buy low, sell high. But when you look at what behavior causes people to do, they buy high and they sell low because they buy at the top because the market's going up and then they sell toward the bottom because they're fearful of where the bottom is. Welcome to Her Wealth Matters. If you want to take control of your financial life, then listen up. Our goal is to empower women and their families to conquer any financial challenges on the road to and through retirement. It's time for Her Wealth Matters with financial planner Janine Theus. I actually had one client say, she said, I would never have thought of these things. I go, well, that's the value of an advisor. And here's your host, Walter Storholt. I want to start off today's show by talking a little bit about emotions and decision making. It's such an important topic whenever we're talking about finances to also remember the human element. It's not just all about the numbers and the math in many ways. We're humans. We're not robots. So we've got to talk about decision making and how emotions play a big factor there. And, you know, I think, Janine, most people, you know, would would presume that they make decisions based on logic and facts. I mean, who wouldn't want to say that they do that? Uh, But the truth is that emotions play a role for all of us in the decision-making process. So I'm curious from you, kind of what are some of the types of emotions that you find are likely to drive financial decisions? You know, it's very interesting because it doesn't matter whether you're a male or female, woman or man. You have the same types of emotions. And in fact, we are hardwired to make certain decisions in certain ways. And when you add investments or investing into that mix, or even financial planning for that matter, the way you're hardwired tends to completely skew the ability to use logic because it does become a very emotional experience. And so, for example, I mean, there are many, many behavioral sciences insights into how we respond to things. And one of the most common is hindsight bias, you know, which is commonly known as I knew it all along. I knew the market was going to tank. I knew the market was going to go up. You know, it's a common perception bias. And so people affected by that believe the occurrence of an event in the past was predictable and obvious. And I don't know, it's kind of a deja vu thing. But you know, in actuality, the event was not obvious, and it was not predictable. But lots of people suffer hindsight bias. And so, you know, when you're the kinds of mistakes that happen, you know, you've seen people who get out of the market because they've panicked because the market's going down. This happened a lot in 2008. And we still see it happening 2011, in 2018, in December, a lot of people left the market because they were fearful of what they thought was going to happen, which was what had happened in the previous year. People are still afraid that tomorrow is going to be that next day where they need to dump everything and get out. Exactly. So the mistake they make, and, and, and in fact, I had a case like this, the mistake they make is they don't know when to get back in. So they miss the growth of the market or the, because they don't really understand how the market works. And so that emotion overtakes the ability to look logically at history and and realize, oh, the market is forward looking, so I shouldn't be looking so much at history <laughs> because it already <laughs> happened. <laughs> well, you, you've so, got to be right twice, right? You've got to be right on the front end and right on the back end. That's right. And most people can, you know, potentially be right on the front end. Like I had a gentleman come in who had gotten out in November of 2007. So he guessed right that time. But by the time I met him, it was 2014. And he had 60% of his portfolio still in cash. 
And the greatest run-up in the market happened between 2009 and 2013. He missed it all because he was afraid. He admitted that. I was afraid. And I said, so now you have to overcome that fear and realize this is what the market does and this is how fast it turns. But that emotion is very, very strong. That, that's got to be the fear driving that, right? Yes, it's, it's absolute fear. I had a gentleman come in not too long ago and said, oh, it's, you know, I, I've been following this one guy and he says the market's only going to earn 1% in the next decade. And I, I'm thinking, what crystal ball do you have? <laughs> because <laughs> nobody has that crystal ball and you're allowing your emotions, the fear, to overcome what is logical for the market. So people make a lot of mistakes when it comes to emotional decision making. What about with like greed or an, another emotion like that? It's not all just fear driving this. Well, no. In, well, greed usually happens when the market is on its way up because then people see, oh, look, the market's doing great. Now I'm going to get back in because I can earn X, Y, Z. <laughs> so you're violating the cardinal rule of investing, which is buy low, sell high. But when you look at what behavior causes people to do, they buy high and they sell low because they buy at the top because the market's going up and then they sell toward the bottom because they're fearful of where the bottom is. That happened significantly in 2000, right after the tech bubble, and then it happened again in 2008. So quit letting fear and greed drive our decision-making. Quit letting those emotions really drive the bus when it comes to our financial plans. That's right. And, and like I said, it happens to both women and men. Women are m more conservative with their outlooks and typically what they'll do with portfolios but they still feel fear because for them, is it, it's, am I going to be okay in the long term? Where I think the greed factor plays into more of the male <laughs> psyche. Interesting. <laughs> what, what are you trying to say, Janine? No. <laughs> <laughs> because they want that last drop of juice. Yeah. So, I mean, I whereas, get that, though. I mean, it's how, how we're wired in many ways. Certainly, there are exceptions to the rule. We're going to say that all the time here on Her Wealth Matters when we kind of make some of these gender delineations, right? Sure, there's exceptions to that rule. But for the most part, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty accurate uh, assessment, I would think. Right. And we, and we both, both, you know, both sexes do have confirmation bias, which basically means we pay more attention to the information that supports our opinions. Hmm. So that happens in investing as well. That happens in financial planning. I just had a, a doctor in to visit a woman who said, I don't know if that's a good financial decision or not. <laughs> and I said, well, we can go through the math. But the bottom line is, what are you comfortable with? And what are you trying to accomplish? So we can take the emotion, you know, I'll do this a lot of times is, okay, let's put the emotion, the emotion over here and let's try to solve the problem and then bring the emotion back in. Okay. That was going to be my next question because, again, I said at the top, we're not robots. So emotions are going to factor in occasionally. So when is it okay to bring those emotions back in? When is it appropriate to allow them to kind of drive the decision-making process a little bit? Well, emotions are what are driving our goals and dreams because – you know, I can look at the math and go, okay, I'm going to be okay. But what do I want to do with that? And typically, it's really interesting. Men don't always look at it that way. Women do. Because what, what do I want to do next? Where do I want to go? I want to travel. I want to see my grandkids. I want to do X, Y, Z. And I want to be comfortable enough in my lifestyle to be able to do that. Whereas men just like, they look at the math. And that's why when I, I have folks in, I, I, I give them questionnaires because I want to see if the husband and wife are on the same page. <laughs> when they're actually trying to solve not just the emotion, but what their goals are, their mutual goals. 
are they on the same page? Because emotion drives, uh, I would say, 80% of our decision-making. And it can be harmful if you let it get out of control when it comes to investing. Because then you have aversion bias. You have aversion bias, which is a, like a loss aversion. Oh, okay. You, you, it scares you away from making another de- proper decision because you got burned the first time around. Exactly right. And so the loss, what's interesting is behavior finance and economics studies show that a loss produces pain that is greater than the pleasure of a win. Ah, the lows are lower than the highs are high. Exactly. So that's what women intuitively work with. And that influences the plan, right? Exactly. Exactly. So men are just like, you know, (laughs) I want that drop of juice, that last drop of juice. Although, you know, the more you get burned, the more you're thinking, okay, I need a different plan here. (laughs) (laughs) Needs a different juice. (laughs) Needs a different juice. (laughs) Well, maybe to put a bow on this, Janine, can you give us an example, like something tangible of a time where you help somebody construct a plan that worked on the mathematical side, but maybe also met a particular emotional need that they had? Well, so typically, like I said, women and men, approach this a little bit differently. Women will be very concerned whether or not the husband can really retire or not. So I did have a couple come in. We worked through the math. He always said, I knew the math would work, but she was a little more emotionally involved with it. And until she saw that and we had a conversation of what the lifestyle choice was going to be, you know, as they got closer to that and then into retirement, then she could finally go, okay, I'm going to be fine now. I have, you know, peace of mind that this is actually going to work. So the math is really important. And then understanding how you are looking at what your retirement is going to be. So women can be a little more visual. Men are more linear (laughs) in terms of how they assess things. And getting them to on the same page just took a, a more of a conversation we did the math and then we talked about the emotions in terms of what are you trying to accomplish where you want to go what's your idea and they even though they talk which is very very good because a lot of couples don't talk it really helped them to both have some peace of mind about where they're going You've been listening to the Her Wealth Matters podcast. If you have any questions at all about retirement or financial planning, give Janine a call at 833-437-7526 or go online to herwealthmatters.com. For Janine Theus, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on the Her Wealth Matters podcast. The Her Wealth Matters podcast is brought to you by Theus Wealth Advisors, based in Columbia, Maryland, serving Howard County and beyond. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app and never miss an episode. Just search for Her Wealth Matters to find us. You can also visit HerWealthMatters.com for subscribe links to contact Janine Theus and to learn more information about how to best prepare for your financial future. It's HerWealthMatters.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.